Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Hope all your nights are going really well. Um, obviously, we're we're gonna be talking about a frustrating team today, uh, but also have a uh, David from Talking Yanks, John Boy Media over here today. So he's gonna give us a little bit different perspective. So I mean, every once in a while we'll bring someone else on, kind of talk about the opposing team as well. So we'll get some Yankees insight in this one as well. Um, kind of talk about their situation because we were talking a little bit before we started the show and. The Yankees offense kind of feels like it's kind of built in a similar way as the Padres. So David has some of the same frustrations. Now the difference is Yankees just took two out of three. Um, they're looking a lot better so far than the Padres, but we were also talking about it as well. It's early in the season. You look up and the Padres are three games out of wild card spot. So going to be talking about the struggles, going to be talking about the Yankees a little bit in this one. But uh, David, you want to you wanna give a brief intro on kind of how you're feeling so far in this season and, and, and what you thought of this most recent series? Uh, well, thank you for having me. First of all, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Obviously I'm in a, I'm in a, a pretty good spot with the whole thing. Yanks, uh, do come away with two wins. Uh, but they weren't, they were not the prettiest, uh, and the Padres. I know it's been not the most fun there, but like a talented team, not fun to face. Um, some happy Yankees won. I'm feeling good there. And yeah, Yanks, Padres, you're talking talking pre-show. There's a lot lot of similarities to to the vibes, I think. Yeah, um, obviously, as Padre fans, we're not in the best in the best mood, not in the best spot right now. I mean, yeah, the Padres have a negative record, but it's it's uh, it's looking good in the sense that they're still only three games back, so it's not the worst position to be in. Yes, we do still have some holes to fill. Aaron or Austin Nola, uh, Trent Grisham. I mean, there's some holes that need to be filled, but the Padres are always amongst the most active at the trade deadline, which unfortunately is still a ways away. So the Padres kind of just need to get some help from Manny Machado, from, need to get Xander Bogarts right. Um, and they need some more contributions from guys like, you know, Haseon Kim, who didn't have a bad series. Jake Cronenworth had, uh, he went deep today. Um, but we just need more contributions from the bottom of the lineup. Uh, right now, it's it's a struggle to get any any sort of production from that DH spot. Uh, Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz, especially lately, have not been very good. And I think maybe it's a great question to ask David. It's something about obviously Matt Carpenter was a Yankee last year, and um, I want to know how did you feel during his tenure as a Yankee? Did you feel like he still had some juice left, or did you feel like wow, the Padres paid this guy and he might not, and he? probably doesn't have juice from what you saw last year because it's an interesting thing I, I think matt and i we talked about it when the signing happened it's like maybe he's still got some juice but lately uh, i think batting average fell under 200 don't quite know what his ops is but it's been a big fall off for matt carpenter dude uh yankees fans last year loved matt carpenter at least during the regular season playoffs he uh well that he has Matt Carpenter has this amazing season comes pretty much out of nowhere. They literally signed him after he requested his release from Rangers triple a and, and he just shows up and immediately starts mashing his like 150 plate appearances were the best 150 plate appearances in baseball, including Aaron judge who had the best season ever. So, so Matt Carpenter was insane last year. Everybody really, really, really wanted him back depending on where the price was at i suppose just because i don't know what you do with his glove there's been a lot of times this year where uh you look up and you at least see he homered for you guys and we were and we're sitting there like we could really use any sort of lefty pop besides rizzo and 
that guy can play. We can shove him in Yankee Stadium, right field. Stanton's out. We can DH him, get Rizzo a day off his feet, and let him play first. Like they're there. If Matt Carpenter is right, which it sounds like it hasn't been, and statistically it hasn't been fully there, but uh, he there was a fit for him on this Yankees team. So people wanted him back. Uh, I was definitely in the group that that really, really liked him. Think he found something in his swing last year, uh, and his his skill set, especially for where the Yankees are at in the stadium they play in. Um, it would have been it would have been nice to have him here, especially if he was like fully a bonus piece, which I guess he would have been on this team. Yeah, and it's been it's been weird because I mean we were talking about it before, and like he gets signed, they signed Nelson Cruz. And almost like our idea going into the season is like, okay, one of these guys hits you're in a good spot. But Carpenter's on like a two-year deal making like 13 or yeah, 14 million over his two years. His deal's weird, right? Well, he has a like, player option in it. I want to say he's – I think he's either six or seven this year, and then he's what 500K next year with a player option that is looking like he will 100% accept. And he's going to be like 38 or 39 and he yeah, like I'm trying right to now see like what the reason would be that you opt out. Yeah, he's, no he's hitting a buck do. buck seventy four, and he has a six fifty OPS. He occasionally runs into one, like you said, like he definitely does that. But like some of the at bats so far this year, like he just looked kind of lost. And like it also is weird because like it almost felt like like him and Grisham like need to like fill out this like kind of lefty power bat that's like later on in the lineup. And they're like they're buddies too, and like they they both rock the mustaches, they do all that. <laughs> And they are struggling. So, like, every Potter fan is losing their mind right now over Matt Carpenter and Trent Grisham. And it's like, <laughs> dude, we, we just need something, man. We need one of you guys to to start balling out. But it, he was so good in the regular season last year. I, me- I remember that. Um, but I actually ended up mostly watching, just because when I was watching Yankee games, mostly watched the playoffs. I remember it was rough sometimes. Like, I remember the Astros series. Yeah. I want to say he, like, struck out three times in one of those games. And it was just like, oh, God. Like, And that's how it's looked this year. So, it's... It's Honestly, it might have been even worse than that in the that. playoffs last year. He he obviously he went down, and I think I think just after the trade deadline, he breaks his foot, fouls it right off, and and he's out the last literally whatever the rest of the season was, last eight weeks there. And it was he was one very missed because the Yankees had the worst August ever, and uh, and and that he was clearly a, a void in that lineup that they were missing. Uh, so he came back and they, he didn't really do rehab games. He didn't really, he didn't like come back before the playoffs really. So he, he, he was clearly rusty uh, and it didn't look right for the playoffs. So I like sort of give him a, a mental pass. If they had brought him back, I, I would have not held any of that against him, but yeah, it was a, there are a lot of weird circumstances. I don't know if the Yankees, handled that right or how much control they or him had over whatever the situation was, but he was bad in the playoffs. So for what that's worth. Yeah. He, he had a pretty solid April for the most part. I know he was like pretty damn close to a 900 OPS. Um, he was slugging. I mean, he was doing pretty good and it looked for a second, like, Hey, you know, this cruise carpenter thing, at least in April, it's working out and their averages, maybe they weren't the best, but what we wanted from them coming into the season were was just some home runs, some bombs, because that's what we felt we were missing throughout our lineup last year. We didn't have a lot of slug. And um, we thought that these two, knowing that they don't have to play any defense really, we thought they would come in and provide that slug that the Padres needed, and it was there for the first month. But um, ever since, it's been pretty disappointing from what, um, from what I've seen. Um, 
But, I mean, looking at this series, it was kind of the same story for the Padres. It was not taking advantage of, you know, situations with runners in scoring position. I believe this series, the Padres went four for 19, whereas the Yankees went like seven for 10, something like that. So it's, uh, you know, new day, same story for the Padres. Um, that's been their main struggle throughout the season. Uh, surprisingly, Ruggie O'Dors had himself a pretty good last two series, uh, which is great for the Padres. Fernando had a great, had a pretty solid series overall. I know that he didn't get many hits, but when he did get them, he took advantage of them. Um, Juan Soto had himself a nice uh, Friday. I don't really remember what he did yesterday, but uh, scratch today. Um, as far as the Padres right now, the superstar power, it's they're, they're a little banged up. I guess Juan Soto had back tightness. Manny Machado, obviously, uh, he's hurt. Xander Bogarts had to get a cortisone shot in his wrist. He's hurt. Um, the Padres are hurting a little bit right now, but either way, they didn't play well enough to win this series. The um, It seems like recently especially whenever the hitting's there the pitching's not there uh whenever the Padres grab a lead the bullpen blows it and I'm not trying to be you know negative I'm, I'm as positive as can be when it comes to the Padres but um it just feels like it, it's been the same thing for these last few weeks ever since we went on this big skid of just losing a bunch of series um just inconsistency and I don't really know what to expect for the upcoming series but um yeah just Yankees outplayed the Padres very simple took advantage of the opportunities they got. Yeah, and that's something we've seen too. And even like today was interesting because today you had Cole Darvish. They both end up struggling. Now, Garrett Cole's outing was a little bit weird because he had the the inside of Park, the Parker early on. I feel like that kind of messed with you. But he kind of struggled towards the end of his outing as well. Um, and then Darvish just completely fell apart in the third and, you know, didn't have allowed seven. Um, so that was – it was weird to see just because you were not expecting that. Like this was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, you like – you have like the pitching duel on Sunday, which I thought I thought it was interesting in the series because Saturday's game goes to extras. And I mean, the way the extras are now, it's like basically you're going to have almost one to two innings every time. But like yeah. an, ac- an actual pitching duel, the Padres don't hit in that one. But the Padres hitting was actually encouraging, like has actually been encouraging the last like week because it had been like really bad. And I think people, the Padres haven't been winning. So it's like people are still getting frustrated over that. But their hit, their their power was on display in this series. Soto and Tatis absolutely destroyed the baseballs on Friday. Um, they have a couple, uh, you know, spots where they they bring runners in today. They put up seven. Um, they put I want to say they put up five or six on Cole. One of them was unearned, I think. Though, uh, yeah, I think it was like five. Mm. I think it was five. I think, I think it was six. I think six uh, runs. Five of them earned off Cole. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it had been encouraging. Also, Isaac and I. We were pressing Odor, man. We were pressing Odor, and all of a sudden, Isaac, you weren't on the show uh, last series, but all of a sudden, Odor is tearing the cover out of the baseball, too, which is, I mean, shoot, dude, we've been just wanting depth so bad. So if Odor can provide that, I am more than happy to to take back my words on that <laughs> one. Um, but it was just interesting, just because I, I hope that this is a sign that we're going to see some more power, but it has been pretty up and down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny you bring up we bring up some Rugnet Odor. He he has some Yankees time, and that was th- this is the Rugnet Odor ride you go on. Uh, we <laughs> have uh, on, on talking Yanks, we uh, discovered it's like a, I believe it's a Dutch phrase called Avarex, um, centered around Rugnet Odor. We gave him the Avarex Award. Uh, John Boy did, and it's uh, 
the notion of that is when something positive happens, but its long-term effect is negative. And it felt like any time Rugendor was on the verge of finally getting cut or, or you know, he finally would at least like stop playing him. Uh, he would then like Homer and back-to-back games or, or, and like make a nice play at second. And uh, it was like, Oh, well he just bought himself two more weeks. And that's, I think more of what's happened. I remember like a week ago or so I checked in on just, just looking at the Padres baseball reference page. And I saw his numbers and I was like, wow, those are, those are big bad. That's like even worse than what, than the worst of Rugie that, uh, that I had seen with the Yankees. And he was, he was on the whole. Okay. For the Yankees actually. But, uh, but yeah, that, that sounds like the root door experience flair for the dramatic though. Dude, you, you, I mean, you pinpointed it. It was at one point, not not that long ago, we were saying, why haven't the Padres DFA'd Rugnet Odor? And we were like, it just makes the most sense in the world. There's got to be a bat in free agency or something that is better than Rugi. And next thing you know, Rugi pops off and he just buys himself a bunch of time. And now all of a sudden, you know, you go on Twitter and it's all these Padres fans talking about how good Rugi Odor is, <laughs> how, how much they like him now. And it's like, I mean. <laughs> off game two in the Bronx, and <laughs> I know that was that was a crazy. I mean, that lineup that was, was shocking. Super, yeah, that was super awkward. It was it was a, it was an awkward lineup. It was something that Matt and I definitely looked at it like, what like how is Ruggie Odor leading off today? Um, and yeah, the Padres uh, kind of on the Yankees oh. end. We were we we see that lineup that has you know Tati Soto. All these, all these guys are supposed to be studs. Uh, even, even Trent Grisham, we respect. I know the numbers haven't been there for, I guess, the last two years. But, uh, and then Ruben at a doorbats leadoff feels like Bob Melvin's pranking us and and just trying to, you know, make us feel bad. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, you know, and- every time he came up, I thought he was going to homer, and, and he did the once, but. <laughs> Ruby's a trip. <laughs> he is a trip. No, he definitely is a trip. So. Um, I guess the question, and I know you don't, you know, you're primarily Yankees, but um, when it comes to the Padres, obviously they're what five, six games below 500 right now, only half a game up on the Rockies, um, which is horrible. I mean, I can't emphasize how bad that is, um, but only half a game up on the Rockies, um, not in the best position right now. What are you thinking for this Padres team? Because on paper, you know, you come in this year, they got four superstars. They got Cronenworth, Kim. Uh, everyone's banking on Grisham bouncing, not even bouncing back, but kind of going like, I would say breaking out again because he, he had a good 2020, which of course is shortened season. And he had a hot start to 2021. But ever since July of 2021, he's been a very below average hitter. Granted, gold glove defender. He looks great in the outfield. That provides some value, but to what the Padres have right now, it doesn't provide much. So what are you thinking for this Padres team in the future? Yeah, I mean, the Padres, look, I think they are they are too talented for for it to stay at this level record-wise. Um, and, uh, and their ownership and, and GM and all that have been very motivated to make additions to the team. So that's those are two great qualities. Um, I think they're going to be willing to add, like you guys have said, they're only three games out. There's a few teams between them and a wild card spot, but you look at the three teams that currently have NL wild card positions and it's the diamondbacks, Marlins and giants. I, I hate to be rude to those teams. I, I think a maximum of one of them is, 
in a wild card spot by the end of the year. Uh, and as well as te- the other teams between them are Phillies. Okay, they're supposed to be good NL champs last year. Pirates, I I have a feeling the Padres will just be ahead of the Pirates one way or another. They've been terrible since their huge April. They've been just as bad in May as they were good in April. Uh, and the Mets, okay, the Mets should be in the mix. They're playing a, a little better right now. Uh, they're a half game out. There should be at least two more spots open, and, and I have to think the Padres will be in the mix ultimately and make the proper moves to get there. And ideally Machado comes back. I don't know how long it's going to be. I know, I know they said it won't be necessarily soon. Right. But uh, they're a good team. So the fact that they're just staying afloat right now, eventually it's got to go. That's kind of the thought. I mean, that's like, it's hard because I feel like if you take it and you're not watching every single Padres game, and you're just like sitting there like, oh my God, I'm going, I'm going crazy because the expectations are so high. And you look at the star power, you look at the talent, and it's like, what is going on? Because like the thing is also like, even forget it in terms of like where these guys are at now. Like the Padres DHs are is a combo of Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz, who just name value are crazy. You brought up Trent Grisham a little bit ago. I mean, everyone can see how talented Trent Grisham is. The problem is that there is no consistency in him where he will be a gold glove player and he looks like he can, he looks at times like he's a five, six, four player every year because of how great he is in center. But then you look into it and you go, well, yeah, he hits for a week and then he slumps for a month where you can't even bank on him getting like two hits in a week. That's how bad it will get at times for Trent Grisham. So, and striking out like almost every time when he's slumping. So it's so up and down. And then like right now where it's like you're getting like Grisham's in that spot. You know, these big names haven't really produced. Manny's been hurt. It, it like kind of gets you in kind of a panic state. But I do think that you're 100% right. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of teams ahead of the Padres right now in the wild card spot. They're playing so far under their expectation. And you don't have Manny. And when Manny was there, Manny was, I mean, Manny was playing hurt and not playing well. So maybe you you hold him out an extra week to make sure that back's good and everything's good with him because he was kind of dealing th- through a few things. Soto, everyone was freaking about Soto throughout April when the Potters were playing better. Well, now Soto currently has... Oh, he didn't play today. Let me see. I want to say his OPS is well over 900. Yeah, it well, is 900. at 932. And he is... Probably last week was the hottest player in the sport. He was absurd last week. So like... Yeah, it's baseball. Like the Pirates are in the playoff spot right now, or, or they're like a game out of a playoff spot. Like that's not going to happen. So I do think it's good to not kind of press the panic button, but it's also like I get everyone in the comment that's like losing their mind every single time. It's like, yeah, like you can keep saying you're going to break out, but like you got to do it. That's the thing. So it's it's an interesting thing, but I do want to ask you a quick question. So we've talked about Trent Grisham a lot, and we've kind of our, our idea for what this team's going to have to do, because you also mentioned this, that, this is a team that needs to make some moves potentially, or if they do, they're going to go and do that. Well, it, it almost seems like in our opinion that one of Jay Cronenworth, Hassan Kim or Trent Grisham are going to have to be traded. If the offense continues to struggle because they're all defensive oriented players. They're, I mean, Jake, not as much. Jake is probably not even in the conversation because he just got extended, but Hassan Kim mm-hmm. and Trent Grisham are below to average offensive players. And they're, yeah, they're defensive, they're defense kind of first, first guys anyway. At at marquee positions, at shortstop and center, 
So when you're looking at specifically Trent Grisham, because I feel like a lot of Padre fans think he has no value, you would expect him to have quite a bit of value in terms of a trade, correct? Yeah, I'd have to look in because he's still he's still fairly young, 26. Um, I don't know his service time think, situation. Like how many I think years? he has three years like, of control. So yeah, like you see, you'd get two and a half years of him. He's done it in the playoffs. Um, for the most part, he's, he's had moments. I guess I don't know his full numbers. Um, he, I, I don't think he has zero value, especially because as a team, as a team acquiring him, you know you're getting Gold Glove defense and probably about league average one way or another offense. I guess he's been enough south of that that you can't bank on that. But that's that's kind of a similar spot to where we were, where the Yankees were. Not, not to bring it back to them, but it's who, who, we, were pl- who we were playing each other. Um, we're, we're Sort of where we were at with Bader, we're like, okay, this dude is going to, on the whole, give you, you know, platinum glove level defense in center field and – uh, and, and he'll run into the ones he runs into. He can, he'll hit a bat league average. We'd only seen a couple weeks of him last year, so we weren't exactly sure how he's how he'll get there. But every year he's about league average. Uh, so I think Trent Grisham is sort of in a similar way, just lefty version, basically. Um, so there's definitely some value there, especially with the years of control and, and the ages the acquiring team would get him for. It's certainly not his peak like if two years ago you'd wanted to trade him but you wouldn't have wanted to trade him then so that's uh he's he's an interesting cat no and i really is. like his vibe by the way just he looks yeah, he yeah, looks no. very san diego no he, he he does seem like a cool guy uh in the clubhouse but i mean it, it's such a you're right he's weird in the sense that all padres fans have seen him go off for two weeks at a time and think Hey, maybe he's back. Maybe this is what we'll get for the rest of the season. It goes two weeks of great, a month of just horrid, really bad plate appearances. <laughs> and the, the defense will never go away. He's a great defender, um, solid base runner. Yeah, gr- amazing catch today. But what we're not getting any production at the plate. And the Padres have the stars to get them to where they want to go, whether it be, I don't, I mean, I don't know what, how many wins we're looking at this year. I'm hoping 89 to 90, Um, but they have the stars to be able to do it. But the problem is that the rest of the lineup hasn't really been supporting Fernando and Juan Soto. Of course, Manny at the time wasn't supporting them either, but it's not, we don't expect Manny to come back. Same thing with Xander Bogarts. We expect them both to be able to produce the level that they used to, or that they have before. However, we weren't getting that production from Haseon Kim. We weren't getting that production production from Trent Grisham, Austin Nola, Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz. And that's been really hurting the Padres. It's that these are the guys that are coming up with runners in scoring position all the time. It's not always Fernando. It's not always Soto. Those guys, I feel like, maybe have one guy on whenever they're up. The guys that aren't producing are the guys that have the most opportunities to help the Padres cash in. And they have not helped them cash in to this point. Um, so, you know, Matt brought up who we think could be trade candidates and Trent Grisham and Hassan came with the first two and Jake Cronenworth is a defensive first, first baseman. That is something that I think needs to be emphasized. He's a defensive first, first baseman. When you move him over 
to second base. He plays pretty solid defense, but he's also he's over a 100. He's probably like a 106 WRC plus, and he's win one of the top three, top five second basemen in baseball if you go off F4. So lately, Matt and I have been talking. It's kind of it was kind of a weird move to have Cronenworth shift away from the position that he's been performing so well at. He's been performing so well at second, and that's the position you pl- you paid him for. Um, that's what I think is his production has been so good there. You paid him for the production he's put up at second base. So the guy that makes most sense to me and maybe Matt uh, is Haseon Kim, but um, not that I'm a Trent Grisham fan, but I just think Kim might have either the same or a little more value and positionally it makes more sense. Um, but I mean, granted, I, I, I want to get them both off. I mean, that's the thing with us Padres fans and now we're super trade happy because AJ Preller is a madman. Um, been able to yeah. do a lot of them. Yeah, he's been able to do it all. Um, but what was I going to ask? I don't know if you've yeah. seen yeah. everything talking about. There's been some Padres fan wanting Bob Melvin. Um, some blame to mm-hmm. Bob Melvin, or even Bob Melvin fired. What do you think? I was that it was the first time that kind of popped into my head a little bit today. Just literally, just because the TV showed him, and I was looking at him, and I, and I knew. Well, it's been like bad vibes there this year i i think so um like in on a on a national level i think bob melvin's still very much respected and looked at as as a top tier manager and this is only his second year there so i would i would assume he doesn't get fired but i was i was wondering if that was like something hot in the streets uh or if or if just if uh padres fans are like blaming him for what's going on? Is he making bad bullpen choices? Is have the lineups been weird? I, that stuff I can't speak to, but uh, would be curious to hear from you guys. Like what, like what's the, the sense over there on him? I mean, there's a, I feel like there's starting to get like a growing number of Padres fans that want him fired. I don't, I don't think Isaac, tell me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, but I don't think you do. And I don't think chase or other buddy does either. Like, I don't think any of us feel like that is really much of it. Like he plays around with the lineup. Because the lineup isn't clicking and isn't working and he's adjusting and doing different things and moving guys into spots where they have like, you know, the best career numbers at. Like we've seen Soto be adjusted a little bit this year. And now Soto's consistently hitting third or fourth, depending on the lineup. And he's he's hitting way better. And that's where he's been most comfortable in his career. So like the stuff that he's done makes a lot of sense. Now, I thought like Saturday, like I thought he made an awful decision. I, I tweeted about it. So people probably think I want, want him fired now because I was like, oh, this is an awful decision. But he pinch hit Austin Nola, who might be the worst hitter in the league right now. And like I get that they were trying to have him lay down a bunt. I, I don't care. They don't pinch hit the guy that's the worst hitter in the league to lead, lead off extra innings. And like I, I think another reason why that's been emphasized a little bit is because they've lost. They've been horrible in one run games and extra inning games. And every time that happens, there'll be a move or something that doesn't go right. And then it's like, oh, that's the move. Like, that's the reason you lose. And and I don't really think that there's been maybe like one or two other cases this season. But like, that was the first time I felt like that this year. I felt like last year in the playoffs, um, when like there was a couple moves, there was one one was starting Clef game four or game one against the Dodgers, which is so stupid. Um, But like, for the most part, like I don't know, I, I like Bob Melvin. I, I don't. I think I think blaming Bob Melvin is just trying to have a scapegoat for early struggles in a season. Got to blame that, somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think blaming 
probably makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, yeah, but like the, uh, that Nola pin shit did. It did that one in hindsight. It, it did raise an eyebrow, especially when he comes in like two bunt. I was like, maybe he's just some great bunter, and they're. I think he's pinch hitting for Sullivan anyway, if I if I recall. But yeah, you're right. It's like all right, catcher for catcher. Or I guess if he's the better bunter of the two, sure. But yeah, that was that that was eye opening in the in the moment. Let me tell you, David. Austin Nola is not good at anything. <laughs> it, and I hate you. I never want to pile on uh, on a guy, but like, it aren't his like are his stolen base numbers. Dude, I forget if he's really bad or really good as a catcher. And I use him bad when okay, he's that's what I thought he was, and then I started having second thoughts. No, man, so, so he's mean, just not helping. No, he's not. And and let me so you know from from our experience, um, the main thing people talk about when it comes to Austin Nola is, hey, he's really good at calling games behind the plate. Well, what use does he have now with Pitchcom? He doesn't really he doesn't really do anything. Um, so. I I mean Matt and I liked Austin Nola. We we I feel like we gave him the longest leash because we're like he's not the worst. Like he's decent at best, but we'll take it for right now. Um just waiting for Luis Campusano, but now it's to a point where shoot, we can't afford to have this guy in the lineup anymore because I, I swear, I haven't seen anyone at the plate more with two guys on than Austin Nola. It feels like it's him every single time. <laughs> and it's not working out. I mean, Juan Soto's on base percentage is like right, like at super, super close to Austin Nola's OPS. <laughs> um, he might, might have. He might have passed it, dude. He might have, because <laughs> and it didn't take him long either. He was, he was only. I mean, I'll say only, but he was like at a three something on base percentage earlier this year, and within the last two weeks, Soto's popped off. Austin Nola stayed the same. Um, but <laughs> I don't really know. There's no instant solution right now for the Padres. They just kind of have to keep. No, no, I got one. I got one for you. You're gonna. You're okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. Isaac's gonna hate this idea. Oh my god, dude! No. <laughs> um, but a former Yankee, I don't Gary Sanchez. I saw someone bring up in the chat. He just got cut. Available. I, I know it's gonna be a hard no from Isaac. Isaac, it cannot be worse. No, because- I, I, that's the thing is I, I agree with you. It can't be worse. That's I'm actually kind of on board. And one other guy, Alfaro's, Alfaro can become a free agent June 1st also. Those are the two options mm-hmm. right off the bat. The problem is, I mean, the real problem is Campusano got hurt, and he was, like, he yeah. was like hitting, real like, the ball really well. I mean, I don't know what his numbers were, but, like, he had, a, I think, I want to say he had a four-hit game, and then three or four-hit game, and he was just lining the At least he was hitting it to the outfield, you know, like, yeah. providing some value. But I don't know. Hey, what do you think about Gary Sanchez? you think it's done? Also, how did you like Gary Sanchez in New York? I, I've, I've always wanted to ask that. <laughs> Yankee fans are very split on Gary Sanchez. Uh, I was, I was very, very firmly pro Gary. Um, I honestly, at the time, I I was willing to put up with any of the defense stuff. It really was just blocking was the issue. He was. A, a, generally i think a middle of the road framer and and is before we had jose trevino and i realized what a good framer looks like and and having great defense looks like so it's i have shit come off it a little bit or, or feel like i was maybe being there's times when i was maybe being obtuse but gary has a hell of an arm 
which is starting to become even more important of a, of a skill as a catcher and being able to throw guys out. He has a cannon back there. I think he can frame all right. I don't know where the numbers have him at, uh, you know, right now or, or this year, a small sample with the Mets, obviously, but, uh, I don't know, triple a, whatever. But, uh, I always really loved Gary. He was, while he was a Yankee, I think he was probably my answer for who your favorite player is. Um, at the catcher position, there aren't guys. There are, there are very, very few guys who can be as big a threat as Gary can be. And I know that has not necessarily translated into statistics, but uh, pitchers can't just leave him lazy pitches over the middle of the plate. Uh, he will hit them a long way. And that has to count for something. We can't really... That's what. That's one thing. Analytics sort of is missing. Is is like, is a guy a threat? Like our pitchers, sure. like ner- nervous to make a mistake to this guy. But uh, uh, on the whole, okay, he's been bad for a while now. So I, I can't sit here and pretend he's actually good. As much as my heart would love it if he was actually good, <laughs> I think you guys might be a great fit for him. It's a. It's a. I mean, it, it, it's a slightly more relaxed environment than kind of anywhere he's played besides Minnesota. Um, although I guess there'd be a little bit of pressure on him if he's supposed to come in and be the savior, which is not great. Yeah. The, Yan- Yankees, <laughs> the Yankees was just never a good fit. He had a new like catching. They had made like a new catching philosophy for him every single year. And he felt like he was completely relearning how to do everything. It was let Gary be Gary, man. He had year, he's had yeah. full years where he's been really good. Um, in some of the worst years I've I've seen, but at the catcher spot, it's I think he's worth the risk, and especially I mean, I hadn't taken in Austin Nola's numbers and and the backups and the other guys haven't done uh, much of anything with the bat themselves. Although Brett Sullivan's defense electric, I enjoy watching him play defense a lot. Don't know if that's what he really does. I just noticed the highlight plays, and I saw him jump into the net this weekend. That was cool. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Gary might be worth a shot, guys. You you might no. like him. <laughs> no, I mean I could. I, as much as I hate to say it, I couldn't agree with you more. There's a few key things you said. Good, great arm. Completely opposite from Austin Nola. Austin Nola, I'm telling you, he gets bullied. Like they bully him on the base paths. That was my main concern last year during during the playoffs is, all right, we're playing the Mets. They got some guys that can steal bases. Marte, Lindor, uh, can't like they got a few good base runners, and they were showing it. Even though we beat them, they were showing it. Then we got to go play the Dodgers, Mookie, Trey, and they were also taking some bags. So we we're getting mm, kind of abused. But I mean, it still ended the, up the working flips, out. The flip side of the Gary experience is is famously the blocking has been an issue and he's, he's done a ton of work to, to fix it. And I don't, I can't say I've kept up to know exactly where he's at, but as a Yankee, like it was like that dude works so hard. The narrative became that he is lazy and that always really, really, really bothered me. Cause I mean, this, mm. this dude, he's, he signed as a 16 year old and have worked your ass off to get to the big leagues. He's, he, he, every single day he's back there. He's working on the blocking. He knows it's an issue. He's not just ignoring it, but they also, there, there were years where the Yankees said they didn't care about the blocking, but the flip side is come a playoff series. Like, okay, a guy gets on, on the third and 
you are a little bit on the edge of your seat, hoping a ball doesn't get by Gary as, as <laughs> the biggest Gary defender there maybe ever was when he was a Yankee. Um, that that is a very real feeling, especially like that 2018 series against the Red Sox, where that team would take advantage of any mistake you would make. Like Gary, <laughs> it was it was a trip if a guy was on third, and that was Gary's bad year too. Um, got runner on third, you're terrified you're about to give up a free run. But I uh, he he can peg a guy stealing second. So I don't know, yeah, I good and bad in this difference. world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show everyone this real quick. So here's here's Gary Sanchez's baseball savant page, right? From last mm. year, not this year. Mm. You see where he's not good. Like you can tell, right? Strikes out, not fast. It's a hard ball. <laughs> like it's ball hard. Yeah. OPSs are you know 600, 700 most years, and then he's had some good years when he's played a bunch, like you mentioned. Now let's go to Austin Nola. Oh, See God. how he's done this year, and I hate to keep bringing up Austin Nola, but like I just think your point is. Let I me. Mean, what what are we doing? Like no, yeah, I feel I mean, bad for the guy because we like we have almost like ripped him so much. Yeah, it, that that's the thing. You know, we don't we hate ripping guys the way we rip Austin Nola, but like something's got to be done. <laughs> like yeah, that, it's not like Austin it, Nola. It just, it, Austin it, Nola it, it's bad. <laughs> that's not. Those yeah. aren't good numbers, man. And Gary, I know his. There's an element of his savant page has always been slightly misleading because he'll hit the ball. It felt like there were times, especially in the in the shift era, I'd be curious to see him get an extended run without shifts, but where it felt like he was hitting the ball crazy hard and it was just exactly where a guy is standing. Like maybe he shot it right at the middle, but a guy was allowed to stand there. Um, so I'd be curious to see him with like, a, like a like a real extended run without shifts. Is he going to be able to find that left side a little more, or drive it down the third baseline a little more? Uh, he might not leg all that many out into into stand up doubles, but yeah, he. Uh, I didn't think about this. He's younger than Nola. He's younger than Sullivan too. I think so. Hmm. Wow. He's so scary. it's like. Him, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent on. on he's like thirty, he's, man. Wow. It feels like he's been in the league for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 2016. I is when he came up. I, I get that Holy is a long time ago. I was a sophomore. Yeah. I just finished my. No, I, I just I just finished my freshman year of college. He like comes up, saves the Yankees. So. He was, oh, he was amazing that year. He was, I mean, he was like the baby bomber. He was the one yeah. like in that group who was actually young. Um, yeah. Like Judge yeah. debuted at 25. He was he was never like a crazy youngster. But uh, yeah. but Gary was like young, exciting. He play, he catches. So that's like a premier position where like, oh, if he yeah. hits. When it, I remember how much hype really it was around like this. Dude, yeah, there was a lot of hype because he hit like what forty, like high thirties, low forty home run. He had a, like a 40 yeah, and home he run. he had a um as a catcher, he broke the Yankees single season record with I believe thirty three homers. He homered at uh like a I think like a thirty homer pace in the sixty game season, even though his numbers were terrible. Like he yeah. the homers were there. Even twenty eighteen, he plays half a year. He was 
really hurt and and bad when he played, but he homered at that rate. So at least he like he runs into his homers plenty. Um, the fact, I mean, he was 20, 2016, he was 23 and now he's 30. That's, I had not seen Gary Sanchez is 30. Uh, so that's sort of blowing my mind a bit, <laughs> but he, but he was thought of as the best, like pure hitter of the bunch when the Yankees got, got judge and Stanton and Gary. And it was like, Oh wow, they're going to have those two. How many games are those three all going to hit homers? And I think it happened once. Um, how many games are they going to get homers from all three of those guys? Well, Gary's actually the best overall hitter of them. Judge is the best hitter of them. But because uh, Gary, 2016, he hit 299. I remember that year because he came up, he, he didn't play that much. And on the last day of the year, he dipped below 300. I was like, ah, well, he's not getting rookie of the year now. He played this short and didn't hit 300. But like he was a batting average guy too the first two years. Uh, it hits 278 in 2017. Uh, and then it, it, the batting average has not been there since to, to be kind, but hmm. I love Gary. Um, I can't promise you he'll be good or finally fully put it together, but San Diego feels like a nice spot for him. Yeah. And the thing is, and there's a, and there's a need, there's a massive need like him coming in and not being good. Isn't a problem. Like that's still an upgrade. Like he doesn't have yeah. to even be good and he's still an upgrade. Yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, I think it's a great idea. And, like, it seems like there's been, like, I'm also fine with them bringing back Alfaro, too. Now, I think there's a lot more upside in Gary Sanchez. That's the thing. And, like, Alfaro can't. Alfaro is also not a great defensive catcher. But they both have arms. And that's kind of a, I mean, catcher position almost, like, it almost, like, evolved a little bit this year with the rule changes. Like, it's more important to be able to throw guys out. And it's less important to call games. Austin Nola's biggest strength was calling games. So it it feels bad for him, too. It's like he's having his worst offensive year ever, like far and away his worst offensive year ever. And defensively, he's become a liability. So it's, I mean, there's no reason to not make that move. Either either one of those guys. Like, you have to do it. Because, like, you got to start trying to do some new stuff. And Campy's not back soon. Campy's back in July, too. Yeah. And if you you believe in Camposano, then, I mean, either of those guys are – they're perfectly suited for a backup role if they've if they've earned it over Nola sticking around or or Sullivan yeah. sticking around or, or whoever. That's that would make plenty of sense as an outsider. Um, and I, I guess maybe they are waiting out to see what happens with Alfaro because the Padres are familiar with him. I, I could see that yeah. being a, a thing. Probably overall offensively, he and Gary give you the same, even though. Gary's probably more of a threat, but yeah. um, the, the only difference with Alfaro, either that, of them would be great. Yeah. yeah, the only difference with Alfaro is that Alfaro is a, a guaranteed walk off, and he if he comes in any time oh in God. the ninth inning or extra innings, apparently according to last year. That's, 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 that was the case, and it's funny that you bring that up because the Padres have lost a lot of uh, close games and 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 uh, extra inning games this year, whereas last year that was kind of what vaulted them to those 89, 90 wins. Um, just the ability to be able to hang in there and, and squeeze out a win. Um, now, of course, catcher probably remains the biggest issue when it comes to the Padres. However, that doesn't mean there's not other issues. Um, the bullpen has been pretty solid lately. We're expecting to get some guys back. Um, there is some guys that maybe haven't been the best. Um, and normally you wouldn't see the Padres roll out like Drew Carlton today. Um 
what's his name? Tom Cosgrove has been really good. I didn't expect him to be that good, but um, that kind of came with some injuries to find out, hey, this guy's pretty good. Uh, Domingo Tapia, I don't know if he showed it, if he showed up at all this series or if he pitched, but normally we'll see the Padres throw out a guy like that. Like They're missing some bullpen guys, but nonetheless, they've been pretty good. I mean, it's very obvious. Everyone knows what the main struggles have been for the Padres, and it's the lineup. It's the everyone that's not Fernando and, and Juan Soto. Um, that's been the main issue. And defensively, other than Austin Nola, the Padres have been one of the best defensive teams in all of baseball. Xander Bogarts has been phenomenal. Eight outs above average right now. Um, one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. Complete turnaround from where he was for many years with the Red Sox up until last year. Um Haseon Kim has been phenomenal at second base. Jay Cronenworth's great at first. Manny, of course, know what to get there. Fernando has, oh my God, it has not been talked about how amazing Fernando looks out in right field. He looks phenomenal. Um, Trent Grisham, obviously. That's something I was. That's something I was. I was wondering about coming in is, is how Fernando's looked in the outfield. He wasn't really tested at any point this series, and that's something i haven't been able to check out but he's been so he's like been very good out there it sounds like he's been uh, like matt and i had these expectations where we're like he's probably gonna struggle to start like he's gonna look good but there's gonna be some struggles out there and maybe only once or twice that i can think of that i really thought he struggled or that he doesn't look like an outfielder because the first time he's doing this yeah exactly and other than that like I swear, phenomenal. He looks amazing. I checked a while back, and he was like 90th or like 90-something and 96th percentile and like outs above average and like maybe like his armors, his jump. And I think it was his jump, and it was like something else on Baseball Savant. Like his numbers are ridiculous. He also – he's also had like – I don't know how many outfield assists he has. He's had multiple plays where he has gunned a guy out and – whoever it is tagging him missed attack probably three times. I can at least count off the top of my head where it's like he threw a one hopper. And like, I remember Cronenworth missed one where like, Oh, who, I think it was Kike. I think he, I think he like popped up and like swim move him kind of oh, and he yeah. like missed him. And it was a, it was an absolute dot. And he's, I mean, he's got wheels. Like he threw him out a second on like off a uh, ball off the wall. Like it was, so he's been really good. Like so random, like, well, not only really random, but like, so exciting, I guess, and encouraging because, like, early on, we thought it was going to be like, yeah, there's going to be like some, you're going to see some flash plays, and then it's going to be like really bad sometimes. Not yeah, really been the case. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, looking at, looking at that savant, he obviously has the sprint speed, which is a skill on the outside. You forget that Fernando's like one of the very fastest players in baseball. So that's nuts. And yeah, 95th percentile, it's above average, 97th in outfielder jump, 97th in arm strength. I know the sample size is still growing, but I mean, if he can, he's capable of being like the best outfielder and you can, you know, we're talking a little bit about trades you can make and is Grisham on the table. I got Fernando, I think can go play center field. If you can go get another great corner outfielder too. Those are typically a little easier to come by at at the trade deadline. You'll see, but. And that, that opens up a lot of options for the Padres. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, you know, you're, I'm glad you brought that up. You're, you're, everyone's bringing that up. You know, let's get let's get rid of Grisham and throw Fernando out in center field. Uh, Matt and I have talked about it, and we're a little skeptical. We're thinking, hey, you know, maybe it's not the best timing because 
Fernando just learned right field. He's just learned the dimensions of Petco Park. He looks phenomenal out there. But you got to do what's going to help this lineup because defensively, nothing has been an issue. They look phenomenal defensively. However, you have to put out a defensive lineup that optimizes the offensive lineup as much as it possibly could. And if that means moving Fernando to center and getting a getting a, a Jock Peterson, I don't know, something like that, you got to do it. You got to do whatever it takes because you need to get some guys. Hypothetically, Cruz and Carpenter both get hot next month. I guess that sounds yeah. unlikely. You can at least put one of them in right field. If if Grisham's still on the team, you can late in the game, you can shift Toddy back over to right and put Grisham back in. Like he would, he would, assuming Grisham's receptive to the role, he's he's a guy whose skill set, if he is your like extra outfielder, that makes sense. Like, there's options there. Oh, it's, yeah. it's interesting. It, and the thing is, you can also like, because this has become such a big part of, of baseball is like, oh, you can get so much value out of putting guys in different spots. Dude, if you put Fernando in center and he's going to put up those Savant numbers in center, all of a sudden, like, you, it's so different. And like you said, if you can add a, an, a, like a great bat and right, or, you know, one of those guys hits you, you like you were saying, basically with the corner outfield spot. Your offense of your outfield just got so much better because you're not moving for now. You're moving him a little bit, but like you're you're not moving him off the team, and you're moving Grisham, who's the guy that's the biggest hole in your lineup. So it's like that's that's why they're gonna have to play with this team like a lot. It, it's a, at least is a choice they have, and I guess it becomes a little bit like big picture, probably not like a conversation for during the year, but uh, like I don't know if he's on Tatis's contract. Uh, him being a center fielder for the next decade probably does a lot more for him than being either like, I mean, he's not going to be shortstop anymore. It seems like, and him being in right field for all of his twenties, you're not going to be in a bad spot there. Cause he's that good, but if he's going to be that good and play center field, that, uh, that contract become looks even better. Uh, so that, that's some, some bigger picture angles to it but man he's yeah i did not re- i did not realize how good he's been in the outfield that's very interesting he's been a beast yeah. out there man and and it's funny because we haven't even seen his full potential at the plate yet his ops on the season is high 700s or low 800s for his career he's over a 900 ops guy and when I don't think it's a matter of if that time comes again, because at the plate, I do think he looks good. I think he's run into some balls that, um, you know, it was, it was just right at a guy. I think he had one of those Adam balls on Friday. I think it was on Friday. He, he pissed on one to the third baseman and uh great catch, great play, but it's, there's been a few of those. And like I said, I don't think it's a matter of if Fernando gets back to that, 900 OPS guy. I think it's a matter of when because his at bats are encouraging. He's got the pop. I think the only thing that's kind of affecting him right now is he's very aggressive at the plate right now. He's a little undisciplined, I would say. Um, swinging a lot of sliders outside of the zone, fastballs up in the zone, getting fooled on the slide. But that's kind of been his MO throughout his career is that a lot of the times with two strikes, he has a hard time holding up on those sliders down and out of the zone. Same thing this year, but you're seeing it a lot more often. Whereas his, his on-base percentage in the past few years has been a lot higher than what it is right now. The slugging is always going to be there, but the average, I mean, when he gets hot, 
he's insane. And the average is usually around 270, 280 for him. So I expect him to get back up there real soon and be top 10. Yeah, his it looks looking around, poking at his savant a little bit. I mean, then his he's a 19th percentile walk rate guy, and that's that's not what he's been over his career. So exactly. I, that should naturally get back there a little bit. And you know, obviously the dude like hasn't played baseball in in a year or or year and a half or whatever at the time uh, from when he you know first came back this year. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine that the, the further we get along, the more that number is going to start creeping up a little bit, at least. So, so, so at least the walks, I imagine he'll get back to there. Guys don't typically lose their ability to draw walks, but yeah, uh, no, I, I'm just very excited by by what he's he's been and, and can do, and learning yeah. this outfield thing. We learn stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it is pretty crazy. And also another thing too with him is like he's been pressing so hard because the bottom of the order order's been struggling. Like yeah. So Soto walks because they just don't throw Soto strikes. Tatis will go up there and he, he he'll swing it like anything. Yeah. Like you throw him outside slider, he'll swing and he'll connect with it. Like he will. He'll connect with pitches outside the zone. I mean, what he he hit a ball, it was a sinker uh like a couple days ago that came inside like insanely like like probably like three inches inside i would say like it was that much and he he ripped it over the shortstop and i was like dude like what like that is you don't see a guy taking it like half of the strike zone like if he was like hunching over the plate it might have hit him and he took this sinker there so he he's able to like do that but like he's been pressing so hard um but a couple couple more questions and we'll probably probably wrap it up here in a few but so JDS asks, how many games will the Padres win this season? So two-parter. One, how many will the Padres win and how many will the Yankees win, in, in your opinion? And also, the AL East <clears throat> looks so insane. I want to see who you think is going to make it from the playoffs there because I, I, like, I'm so interested. And then one follow-up, one more follow-up. I'm giving you a bunch of them here, but... Are the Orioles are the Orioles going to be able to like kind of run that division? Mm. I think that would be one of the craziest things in yeah. all of sports that mm. I've seen of that team. Like they've sucked my whole life. They've been terrible. Yeah, and they look legit. It's crazy. Uh, I'll start with the Orioles. I think they are actually good. Um, I really, I love their lineup. I love the depth they have. They give they grind at bats. They're very talented. Um, their their lineup is very real. They they have a couple pitching prospects that are coming that that I don't think for this year it's an it's going to be enough. Even after some trades, I don't think it's enough to necessarily win the division. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but um, but that or to like win a playoff series, I don't think it's there quite yet. But if you know, in the over the next couple of years, Grayson can establish himself. They go make a splash. That's, you know, I th- I thought they really should have been after Rodon this off season. Mm, they, yeah. They're a team that's in a position with a lot of young talent to go sign Rodon to like, probably would have required a little more than what the Yankees ended up giving him. But they're they're equipped to do that. While your guys are young, uh, you should invest with uh, with some veteran talent around them, especially a guy like him who could teach their other young pitchers they've got there. So I, I was disappointed that they really had no rumors last year. So they're really good. The AL East as a whole is really good. I meant to say some of this 
earlier when, when we were talking about where, where the Padres are at um, and you take a step back and, and their chances of making the playoffs are still very good. The Yankees, not all that long ago, they were in last place in their division. Granted they were above 500, but in, in last place, but um, they, they, the division is just so talented. You know, somebody, one 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 of them's gonna fall off, and for a while I was hoping it wouldn't be the Yankees. It seems like it won't be, so that's huge. Um, and it's a matter of like, are are the Red Sox gonna remain part of this season? They feel like the odd team out as far as just total talent, especially on the pitching end of things. Their bullpen is very real, but their starting rotation just doesn't feel like enough even after they've shown some success so they they would be my bet to be the odd ones out the blue jays have had a, ver- a bad may but i believe in their talent i'm, I'm sort of rooting against them because that team they're not fun to play against and they're fun to root against as a division rival because you can you can go really yankee fan about it and hate those guys if you want i'm not there but a lot of yankee fans hate a lot of the blue jays um, so that division's really good. The Rays are going to be in the playoffs. The division isn't as big a lock as it looked even two weeks ago, but, uh, but I think they will be there. I have to think the Yankees will be in there. And it's hard to imagine that at least one other team from the division doesn't sneak in, but the AL West is really, really good too. The angels have been impressive. The Rangers are feel like a juggernaut. Houston is Houston. The The Mariners were a lot of people's, pick to be like the second best team in the AL behind Houston. So they have, they have four teams in that division that think they're going to make the playoffs. The AL East has five teams that think they're going to make it in, in their division. So by my math, at, at least two teams that have to be like more than that. It's a bunch of teams that are going to be very disappointed. Yeah. AL East is, is a juggernaut, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. The Yankees have remained part of the picture. Cause it seemed like, even when their badness was still, they were 500 at their worst. Like there's a chance the division was going to just run away from them and they had a good May. So that's, that's big on the Padres. um, All that was a little bit of filibustering trying to figure out how many wins I think they're going to, they're going to (laughs) get there. Honestly, the Padres record is worse than I, than I thought it was not insurmountable, but you have a, have a fun week and, you're back to 500. Um, I I still think this is a team that can win 90 games and and kind of the whole way the goal. The Dodgers are the Dodgers, so so once you get off to a bad start, I think the the division you kind of stop dreaming on it. I, I assume I don't know where you guys are at there, but uh, the, the Dodgers are just they're the they're the bad man. So you're they're they're they feel like they're going to just run away with it. I don't fully understand how they've done it so far this year. Cause it feels like they haven't fully hit the go button, but they're there. They are in first place. Uh, I, but I, I think this Padres team is still certainly capable of winning 90 games. And I'm not just saying that cause I like you guys and I like the <laughs> team, uh, cool colors, but no, they're, they're talented and they have shown that they are willing to address needs and try some shit. So, yeah, I, I, if you take you taking a step back, being me, not in in the muck on on the Padres every day, which sometimes we got to do about our Yanks over here, but uh, they, uh, I think it'll be okay, but but you'll like it to start feeling better. 
Exactly. You know, that's the thing is we want it to be okay right now. But I mean, Matt and I both kind of think it'll be okay. Also, we're both kind of like, I mean, I'm on board thinking 89, 90 wins. I will gladly take that. As far as the division goes, I'm, I'm not out on the division, but I'm pretty damn close right now. I'm thinking, all right, as far as the Padres, let's get them. Let's get back in that wild card and let's see what we can do again. Let's see if we can make another run. Let's see if we can beat the Dodgers again and the Mets. And let's see how far we can go. Because right now, th- this was our whole thing last year when we were 27 games back of the first first place uh, in the West. Dude, who cares? You just got to get there and then anything could happen. Nonetheless, the team that was 27 games up on us lost to us. So that's the whole thing is we just right now I'm at a point where, all right, it's back to it's back to just getting the fourth i don't want the sixth seed it's back to just getting the fourth or the fifth seed and going from there um and 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 i i i I don't think the potteries are gonna miss out i think they're a fourth or fifth seed team and i think they're gonna heat up soon like you said you really only need like a good week or two to get back to 500 do we really not think a team with bogart soto tatis machado at their best can't have a solid good one or two weeks. I certainly think they can. So I'm going to bank on the Padres for sure. Sorry about that. For some reason, my new apartment, the ways that the the lights are connected is the living room light is also connected to my room. So my roommate left and turned off the entire house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I got to I gotta get like a lamp or something in here, man, because that's not going to work. But anyways, um, I would agree with you guys. And I think that it's interesting because it's like you, right now you're seven and a half out of the division and you're three games back on the wild card. If you, if you sweep the Dodgers now, good luck. Cause that's been impossible. Right, but in theoretically, right. <laughs> if you sweep the Dodgers, you're four and a half games back later on. If you're in the same spot, like it's not, that's the thing with baseball is it's so long and there's so many ups and downs that it's like so hard to look into it. But David, I've, I feel like, I feel like you, you said it exactly what we've said. Like, you reiterated the same thing. I was like, yeah, like, mm. we should. Like, the Padres should be all right. Yeah. But, like, you, they haven't been. I've, I've had to <laughs> had to do it a lot. Like, I've been thinking about it with the Yankees and the, and the moments they are back in a postseason position right now as, as I'm looking at their standings, uh, at the AL wildcard standings. But, like, yeah, literally, do the Padres control their own destiny right now? Technically, no. There's a bunch of teams between them in a wild card spot. They're a few games back. Sure. But, like, we're early enough in the year. They play solid the rest of the way, have have some good months. Like, you'll – I think they'll, they're talented enough to land where they're supposed to with some tinkering here and there, and, and you get some, some luck on the health side of things and – and all of that. Um, oh, I thought of something else, and I lost it. So that sucks. But <laughs> um, maybe that'll come back to me. But but yeah, maybe. they're they're good, man. Like like it'll it 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 just feels like it's got to click. Which I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. Because I think a lot of times the Yankees say stuff like that to us, and and we get mad at them when they say like, "Oh, we're we're turning the corner," and everyone clowns on them for a week and then you look up in a month and, and they kind of were right. Fine. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, when you're I mean, in it, man, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is we're in the dog days right now. We're oh, the... that's what it, 
I found it. It's another thing go. that we that we stumbled into on on talking Yanks over the years. Like you can, I'm sort of stealing this directly from Jake, but like you divide the season in a few different ways. If you go divide it into months, you know the the 2017 Yankees opened our eyes to this, where they had a great April, a great September, and they were kind of 500 the, the middle months, and that was enough to pretty easily be in the playoffs. And we've looked like every year we've looked up and kind of realized that that can definitely be the formula. And I don't have an awful month. That's one more good month. You got to have like stay afloat, have two like banger months and you'll probably be okay. Especially in this playoff format where like more or less be above 500 and you're in, I think the Padres will get there. There's too many teams that I I honestly just don't believe in above them. Like they've been great stories so far, but I I don't believe they're going to stay where they're at. So yeah, go go beat those teams when you face them. Like get up for those series and and take care of the business on your end. But there's plenty of time to control your own destiny. For sure, and I, you know, like you said, I do think the Padres are better than a lot of these teams above them. And maybe you know, maybe in the sense they don't control their own destiny, but if they play the way they do and just let let i guess just let baseball be baseball and it, it'll it'll happen you know because those teams aren't to me aren't that good either so um i think it's all gonna sort itself out yeah i'm with you guys i see some stuff about trading stuff of course they i don't know why people want to do this to you but they're asking if the yankees can beat the astros um that feels like <laughs> the padres and the dodgers like the last like years i didn't right. know this one one of my buddies, like one of my friends I made out here, um, he he put me on to like, oh no, the Yankees never beat the Astros. And I watched the end of that series with him, and he's like, dude, I I don't have faith. <laughs> and I didn't know that was it, a thing, but I, I've come they, to that. I and like how can how can I pick it to to happen <laughs> at this point outside of like it just being what I want, especially in the playoffs. <laughs> like Yankees had a couple like really nice regular season wins. I don't, I don't recall if they've actually like won a series against the Astros in a while, but uh, you know, Garrett Cole threw that shutout two years ago. That was cool. Um, <laughs> uh, last year. No, I think they got, I think they got swept in the one big series. That sucked. Um, and the, the, the Astros, and they've been the, the, the premier organization in baseball for a couple years with some help. And, uh, and that's not shots fired. They've had some help, um, but they've been really, really, really good. Besides that, that's what makes that's what makes the years that that they allegedly had some help that much more frustrating. Is they're really good anyway. Um, but yeah, they 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 absolutely crushed the Yankees and beat them in heartbreaking fashion every time they've squared up in the playoffs. We'll lump 2015 playoffs in there too. They beat them in the wild card game. That Yankee team didn't ever really feel like a real thing, but yeah, they just stomped them in that wild card game. That sucked. Uh, 2017, obviously some funny business that we know now, but they they win all those games at home. Yankees had a couple really fun wins at the stadium, um, and then and they kind of get stomped out. Uh, 2019, Altuve walks it off at, after DJ hits. One of the bigger, like, forgotten homers that and the Rajay Davis homer are, are two big ones that get thrown out to history. Um, so, yeah, uh, that last year they just swept them. It never really felt like a series. That that Astros team was 
crazy good. They win the World Series. It makes sense. Um, basically, no. I can't in good faith tell you the Yankees are going to beat them this year until it happens. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> weird. I think I think oh, we are with the Dodgers. Good. Yeah, but then last yeah. year I was like, oh, finally, there we go. Yeah, thank, thank God, we're not in the Astros division and have to face them a ton. A couple times a year, uh, last year felt like it was a collision course to face them in the playoffs, and the Yankees kind of showed up completely flat. That, that yeah. stunk. See some people in the chat asking if I want Preller. Um, I. <laughs> I th- I think I like him, but I also am like one of the more pro Cashman people on, on the go. Yankee side of things. People don't like Cashman, but the Yankees are good every year. So no I, one's gonna I like the Yankees like GM ever. There's Man. no chance. There's it's, no chance. It's rough over there. It's a it's tough. <laughs> yeah, they're whatever job you've got, people aren't gonna like it. I I'm in. Yeah. I think uh like I'm in a weird spot because I've always been generally pro Boone, pro Cashman. They've been they've been good. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um but uh but of course now on talking Yanks we like talk to Boone every week and people think that's me like like no I've I've always just generally liked Boone. I I don't know what to tell you. Now I know him a little and he's and I think he's just like a really funny person. But yeah I'm fine with him as a manager. That's, yeah that's all been that's all been good. Cashman yeah, had limited interactions. I, I've liked him personally too, but I also think he does a mostly good job and has made yeah. some good trades. I'm uh, I'm in a good spot with with the Yankees management, but a lot of Yankee fans will strongly strongly disagree. So hey, I've heard the minority that. and liking both. Yeah, but it's just like in the, unless you win until you win a championship, that's all just always going to be how it happens for sure. Yeah. Yanks, they need another one very soon it's been i know i know it it spoiled the yankee fan stuff but they haven't been there in almost 15 years that's unheard of it's also most of my life like yeah like like i know i I grew up and like i was born out of the dynasty and i was born in 97 it was i got the residual runs of that but i don't like remember the dynasty years i have the Course. The post dynasty Jeter years where they were still very good and expected them to win the World Series every year, but they only they only done it once when I can remember. Once, yeah. like, uh-huh. And that was cool. That was that that was the only time I've like seen them play in the World Series. Like yeah. there's like a generation of people like all the kids like any younger than me on Yankees Twitter, they like don't actually know like how good the Yankees are like supposed to be. And we're spoiled in that. Yeah, every year we're a playoff contender. They've never been under five hundred. Like, I I can't imagine watching that. Uh, and that's some spoiled oh. Yankee fan stuff. But uh, like it. when their their worst year that I can remember, I think they won eighty four games. Like, oh Yankees man, have been very well run. <laughs> I, yeah. I know. I know it hasn't become a World Series, and they have to get over that hump. They need one soon. And I'm all over the place with them, but. I think I, I like seen, the Yankees. I think I've seen <laughs> the Padres outside of 2020. Dude, I <laughs> have two winning seasons. I'm dead. Dude, like I think it's all it's no, been. No, you're no, you're right. No, you're. I right. mean, maybe like maybe like when I, we like when we were really small, like because they were really? like the like 2006, 2007 that time. But like yeah. I, I was like too, I was too young. Yeah, I, I don't remember it that well. It was 06, 
2010. They didn't even make the playoffs in 2010. De- devastating. For 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of that course. That's crazy. Like, like, I remember, like, being, like, so sold that, like, Will Venable was the future. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, that's the guy. Like, they're, and, like, he was one of the best players. Like, Kevin Kuzminoff, Will Venable. Like, those are, like, your guy. I mean, Chase, Chase Headley was a Yankee. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. man. He's got, Chase love was easily, He's got some weird like, Yankee years. years. He was the yeah, he was man. the best player on the Padres for years, and he was he was awesome. He was like not a he's star. Like at the top of a lot of leaderboards for them. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No, There was a year where he was a he was a star. Like I think it was 2010. Yeah, he was like yeah. I think top five MVP voting or top, top five MVP like yeah. yeah, 20 uh, 2012 leads the league in ribbies like that. Yeah, he's he trade like, for him two years later. In hindsight, was, knowing a little more analytics man. now, I. He was he was like he's kind of just like a guy for the Yankees. He's yeah. pretty good when he first came over 2014. Then they gave him they gave him a weird four-year contract that nobody thought he should have really gotten. Um mm-hmm. and he was just sort of is what he is for for those years, about about a league average hitter and by that point in his career, sub league average defensive third baseman. When yeah. when they got Todd Frazier in 2017, Headley kicked it over to first a good amount and commend him for that he was he was good that year he had a big he had a big hustle double if, if you guys recall 2017 playoffs it's like a bloop uh a bloop that he gets kind of caught in between first and second and he uh escapes a rundown and gets the second and that was pretty badass um not a speedster that's one of my yeah that's one of the weirdly one of the highlights i think of from that 2017 playoff run besides like the obvious like dd homer gary sanchez yeah, yeah, yeah. bases clearing double um mm-hmm. that that chase headley slide was really funny and a good <laughs> oh, i always love chase headley because chase headley was the guy that would like stand there and sign everyone's autograph in the entire line and like wait love the that. whole time yeah he was always like that and he was like and he was just he was just good because like the team like they sucked <laughs> they sucked besides huh. Besides 2010, they had the the really bad collapse with with Adrian Gonzalez. Like when oh, yes. when Gonzalez, like when Adrian Gonzalez left, it was like, oh, this is. It's over. They won 90 games that year. Yeah, and that was like the uh, Matt Latos, I think, was there. Oh, yeah, think was in the rotation. The rotation was good. Was like Latos, John Garland was all right. Clayton Richard, Clayton 200 Richard. innings out of Clayton Richard. Love that. Wade LeBlanc. Wade LeBlanc, Trey Bell's cousin, Luke Gregerson. Oh yeah, the bullpen was nasty that year. Yeah, especially for like 2010 standards for like a nasty bullpen. Like this is that's a the stats are really sticking out on that one. That's a that's a oh, yeah. gnarly bullpen. Oh, your victory like, Alba. Until until last that year, that was the best team I'd ever watched. Literally, <laughs> yes, it was. I had I had forgotten that the Padres finished below 500 2021 like i remember that yeah. they were disappointing but they were so trash. i feel bad now they were they that's just really disappointing well it's because there was no pitching it was like we had yeah. a there was a month where it was vince velasquez and jake arietta uh they both had it over they had a double they each had double digit eras and they pitched for a month like and they both started in arguably the like, most important series of the year against the cardinals yeah mm. and it was bad like yeah, it was arietta like it was just yeah, no, they were terrible. Because yeah. there were just so many injuries, and it was like, oh, they're done. 
Yeah, that look. Yeah, looks, rotation just did not stay healthy, and D Darvish and Snell both underperformed overall. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. The lineup mostly held up there, and that's that sucks. <laughs> I, I was rooting for them. I, I remember. I remember it now. But yeah, it's tough, man. Ninety-eight World not... Series rematch. I'd sign up for it. I, I like wanted that last year. Yeah, I like the Padres a lot. That would have been cool last year. Mm. I'll take it this year too. They uh, Fernando's pod, I have a I have a Fernando Tatis jersey that I have that I haven't worn in a while because because uh, of what happened. But uh, <laughs> but that's like one of the few like not Yankees baseball like jerseys I have. I'm not a guy who's like you can't wear jerseys of other teams, but yeah. it's one of the only ones I've got. Um, and like I wore it a lot in 2020. Sick ass player, dude. He's sick. He's yeah. Really good. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good series for Fernando. Um, yeah, shit on a couple balls and yeah, yeah. The first, the one in the Friday's game was ridiculous. My God, that one was ridiculous. So was Soto's though. The two players, Soto I, yeah, Soto's was also absurd. I mean, Soto's probably up there now after that because I was I went to Friday's game. Soto's probably up there after that home run on Friday. But the two guys that I've just seen absolutely destroy the baseball, like. Significantly harder, like significantly harder hits and louder pop and everything, just sounds so nice. Or Fernando and Aaron Judge, like those are the two guys. Yeah, I remember. I think it was 2019, 20. I think 2019. I went on like a Fourth of July to to Yankees game. Like I was just like traveling out here, and Judge hit a ball that maybe didn't go. It it felt like it went like not more than like 10, 15 feet over the wall, but he hit it so hard and it left the park in like a second and a half. It was so fast. I've, I've never seen a baseball hit that hard. It's ridiculous. With him and Stanton, it's, mm -hmm. it's different. The ball, the ball just feels a little di like you can catch. If you're going to a game where the Yankees are on the road, um, because you can't watch their BP at Yankee Stadium, but if you're on the road and the Yankees are in town, go early for BP and look at what Judge and Stanton do. They put on a show. The ball travels different. Gary was kind of in that group too. Which, if you get if you guys get Gary, check that out. Um, for sure. Yeah, we're. I think we're all those for balls it. Balls go crazy. It's worth I a think, shot, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. um yeah, I think. I mean, I don't got anything else to say. Uh, I think we. I, I think we. We had a long talk. This is one of our longer streams we've done in a while, but sure. it was awesome, David. Um, everyone listening, blast. the the clear message: sign Gary Sanchez like ASAP, right? Tomorrow morning, let's get it because it's an off day. Like it, it is time for a change. I like that you're a big Gary Sanchez guy. I had no idea on that. Like that's awesome because sure. also I the fact that I have a couple. Isaac, I have a couple like tough pictures now of like some like obnoxious pro Gary shirts that like, all right, you know, I don't like when those like get tweeted at me again, but like I, like I went and like printed my own t-shirt. Like, Gary Sanchez is an adequate defensive catcher, whatever the shirt said, <laughs> um, which uh, I still kind of do believe that in my heart, but I'm not, I, I'm not willing to like die on that Hill anymore. But that's, Let that's me put it this way. The fact that Isaac was able to come was able to say that he is down to sign Gary Sanchez. That you were able to convince him of that means that you have a very no, strong it's point. It's true. It's true. No, it's true. Isaac is maybe one of the biggest Gary Sanders haters like Gary, you probably ever talked to. I'm dead serious like right Gary, now. But 
I also hate Austin <laughs> Nola, so. Um, <laughs> Look, I'll just take- seeing what I didn't realize the situation was where it was at. <laughs> it's not going to be worse. Like, <laughs> I mean, watching Nola is a lot worse than just looking at the numbers because I swear a four like a 500 OPS feels like really high for Austin Nola if that's where he's at right now. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, Gary's probably going to do it. Weren't great, so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a great night. David, thanks again for coming on, man. A lot of fun. Um, great series. I don't think the pod, I, I mean, hopefully, I, I don't know, hopefully they meet up because I want to go to more Padres games out here. Um, but it was a fun series. I was super happy to go Friday night. I saw a lot of Padres fans traveled out to New York. If you're going to travel out to a series, like if you're going to go on a road trip, I think this is the one yeah, to do, sure. definitely. And don't, I mean, don't come to New York for a Mets game. I'm sorry. I don't want to press the Mets, but. The, the Yankee Stadium experience is just so much better. Um, I don't know how most people in New York feel, but that's how I felt. And I've went, I've went to more Mets games than Yankee games, probably just because Padres play them more. Padres coming to but, town every year. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, well, that's interesting to hear. I think, I think a lot of people like the experience at a Met game, although the commute there is not fun. No. I I don't like getting myself to City Field the like couple times I've done it. Yankee Stadium's easy. Yeah. Hop on the four. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. So we'll be back. I, I don't know if we're going to have anything out uh, Monday, but we'll be back probably Tuesday. We'll have a couple segments out, and then we'll we'll recap this next series, do our, our regular thing. But last week we weren't really able to get a, a couple other segments that we than we normally do, but should be back on that this week. So uh, we'll have some stuff out then. But thank you all for listening. Thanks again, David. It was an amazing time, um, and it was it was a fun series as well. A lot of a lot of scoring outside of Saturday's game, but Saturday's game, you got you got extra baseball. Both, so both teams happy didn't there. score. So yeah, exactly. So it, it went well. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Though, have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks, guys. <laughs>